Pretty Girl. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Pretty Girl Be Hill, episode seven. Woo! Last episode of the season, Mama, we made it. We made it, Mama. Yeah. <laughs> we made it to episode seven of the podcast. So thank you guys for rocking with us for seven whole episodes yes. to season one of the podcast. Um, if you are new, hello, how are you? Thank you for tuning in. We stream live every Friday at 8 p.m. right here on Facebook Live and YouTube. Shout out to our YouTube family. Um, we also post daily content on all of our socials. So make sure that you are liking and following and subscribing. And what are you waiting for? Do it right now yes. on TikTok. We're at button. Pretty Girl right B Hill. At Pretty Girl B on Instagram, we're Pretty Girl underscore B Hill, and we're right here on Facebook. And shout out to our audio listeners on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube Music. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now that we've gotten all of the celebratories out of the way, we're going to jump right into episode seven. Yes. I didn't know how to be a wife. Yes. Yes, Ooh. yes, yes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. See, you know what we be doing, y'all. We be, we be messing ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. We be talking about the episode before the episode. We need to. We know what we need to start doing producing. We need to start rolling the camera. Yeah. Behind the scenes before we um, before we start the episode. But shout out to our producer. Yes. Shout yes. out to <laughs> y'all. Seriously, we gotta give him his credit where credit yes. is due. He has held it down. He has sacrificed his sleep and his time for us and we just appreciate you so yes. much thank you so much for your dedication to all of the behind the scenes you know you see us as the the faces of the brand but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and while we're giving our shout outs I was going to wait to the um, the end but I think it's befitting to do it in the beginning because they are they are not last and they are not least yeah. shout out to HOG Studios yes. who has diligently allowed us to um inhabit this space for Pretty Girl Be Hill yes. headquarters. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Apostle Nate and Apostle Maisha. Thank you so yes, much for you so much. Um, all that you do. Uh, we love you so much and we thank you so much. And every every follower, everybody that tunes in Friday at 8 p.m., you could be anywhere, but you choose to be with Pretty Girl Be Hill. Yeah, so thank you for you. so much for your, uh, your feedback, your responses, every comment, every like, every share, every support. It does not go unrecognized and we love you dearly for it. Um, stay tuned for season two. There is so much more in store. Yes. Like I said, this is episode seven, so we are taking a hiatus, but it's just a plan and to come back even stronger, even greater, digging even deeper. And when we'll be back after the new year with so much more in store. I want to leak it so bad, but <laughs> I got to leave you with a cliffhanger at some point, right? So you'll have something to look forward to when we come back. So without further ado, I didn't know how to be a wife. This is for current wives, former wives, the singles, the interested in dating, for every woman on every, in any facet or stage of your life, this episode is for you. We're going to journey through um, this episode from two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I just think that if you are interested in being a wife, again, or for the first time, if you're interested in dating, this episode is for you because we're literally going to pour out every experience, every challenge, hardship, and every lesson learned in the journey to being being a wife, being a wife, and just wifehood and what that looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think the first place that we need to start, and really that's what Pretty Girl Be Healed is all about, is digging deep to the root and really introspection. But anyone that I speak to who, if they have, if they're talking about their significant other, if they've been divorced, if they're in a relationship and they start their bash, their, their significant other, I always have pause for concern. And the reason why is because as, as I went through my journey of divorce, when I tell y'all, the Lord had to check me a, a number of times to tell me that, oh no, look at you, boo-boo. And when, and really when you when you think about it, you can't control other people. You can't you can't control other people. You may have some control of certain situations, but when you look at a situation, especially if you're not with that person any longer, you have to look at yourself to see what could self do better in that situation. And as I um as I you know, transition from being married to being divorced, the Lord kind of walked me through some of the areas that I needed to change. Because here's the thing, if you are in a situation where you can only see, if you have a victim mentality, right? And you can only see what the other person has done. It does not allow you room to change the things that you need to change for yourself so that those things are not brought into the relationship that you're supposed to be in. You know, a lot of people, we have a lot of people, a broken people who are walking around and literally it's the same cycle going on over and over and over and over because you have not addressed the things within you. So today we're going to talk about you. Um, I'm going to share you know, my testimony. My sister's going to share her testimony. But um, yes, we're going to talk about, I didn't know how to be a wife. I can tell you guys, and I'll start off with this. Uh, one moment that I think about when I was newly married. And uh, we were talking about this before we we started recording. Yeah. But um, we talked about the whole independent woman syndrome and I don't call it a syndrome. We talked about the whole independent woman syndrome and how really it's a trauma response and how it is really the unhealed version of yourself because for somehow in our society which is which is anti the word anti god is that somehow if you are submissive that you are that you that you are diminished to nothing which is not what submission is. So I can tell you in my, my time of being a wife, I enter into becoming a wife as, oh, I'm an independent woman and I don't, I, I don't need no man to do nothing. And yeah. it really, really was detrimental to my marriage. I remember specifically there was a situation where I was getting my car fixed and granted I was used to doing things for myself. So I do think that as people come together, there will be a learning curve because we're not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and if yeah. we're open to the Holy spirit, if we're open to correction, then it will be corrected. And if you are with the right person, they'll have the grace to say, you know, she's not trying to be, you know, smart. She, she just need to learn that she need to submit. Right. But I remember getting, in my car fixed and my husband at the time had went up to the to the gentleman to discuss what needed to be done with my car mm -hmm. so I went behind my husband I decided I would go behind my husband and ask the man questions where really I shouldn't interfere in that situation I should just let him handle it and that behavior right there continued to um prevail throughout my entire marriage. So I just wanted to start there just um, 
you know, from from having the independent women syndrome, not allowing my husband to be a husband, to be the leader of my house, to be the priest of my house. So I'll, I'll start there. You know, you you start at a really good point because, um, you know, you talked about introspection, you talked about independence, you talked about your stance as a wife, um, you know, in, in a marriage. And I think that it's a great starting point because I think we missed the mark going into the marriage a certain way. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that we go into the marriage, um, you know, unprepared because, and the reason why I say that is that the journey to being a wife does not begin when you say I do. Yeah. If you, if your journey to wifedom begins at the moment that you say I do, you're already behind the curve. Yeah. Because you don't show up at the altar and then become a wife. You know, you are a wife the moment you decide that you're ready to date. So going back to that point of introspection, you have to do the work internally to even decide that you're ready and in a place to be a wife way before you become a wife. Uh -huh. And if you don't make up your mind that your wife material from the moment you make the decision to seek a significant other, to go through the dating process, all of those things, you're behind the curve. Now, that what I'm saying does not mean that you show up in relationships doing wifely duties. Uh -huh. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that before you get to the altar, before you put on a white dress, before you accept the ring and say, I do, there has to be that introspection and that process to say, I am a wife today. Uh -huh. And before my husband comes along, I exhibit all of the qualities, all of the characteristics and the nature by heart to be the wife that I am called to be. So I think that, you know, we get tied up in the big rings and the, the white dress and the pomp and the circumstance yeah. and the wedding. And it's like, do you want to be a it's wife a or do you want a wedding? Yeah. You know, because there's a difference. Do you want to be a wife or do you just want a wedding? Because baby, save yourself the aggravation, save yourself, you know, the, the headache and the heartache and just go have a party. If that's what you're looking for. But if you're coming to the place where you make the decision that I want to be a wife, that means that there is work that you must do inwardly. There are changes that you're going to have to make and you have to position yourself to be a wife way before your husband comes yeah. along. Yeah. You know, and... You know, we all, and I, I'm not saying that we often make the mistake. I, I made the mistake. You know, I got married very young. So my learning curve came with, you know, a need for maturation, um, a need for so many things because I knew how to prepare for the wedding. I did the marriage counseling, you yeah. know, I, all of those things that we were supposed to do, I learned along the way, but there was so much more that I needed to learn about me, yeah. about myself. There were things that I, I learned from experiences, watching other marital, you know, married couples, my parents, that I needed to dig a little deeper and decide who I was going to be as a wife before I ever said I do. Yeah. So yeah. I think that introspection is a really good segue or introduction into what it is that we're talking about because it's important to understand that there, after you say I do, after the gifts have been dropped off, after the guests have gone home, after you've taken off said dress, there is a life that you must be prepared for after all of the, the hoopla is over. Every yeah. congratulations and the photographer done packed up his kit and the videographer <laughs> done went home and y'all done ate the expensive <laughs> meal. There is a life that you must be equipped for um, post-wedding. 
So I think it's very, you know, it's, it's equal. It's, it's so important to stick our pen to start our pen there yeah. because you need to be a wife before there ever is a wedding there. You need to be a wife before you ever enter into the covenant of marriage. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because our apostle had access a question before we started recording. And he said, if you could give your past self advice now, would you have listened to her? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I would like to think that I have, would, have, would have listened, but I was super, super hard headed. And it's so funny. I have, even people around me who kind of had the side, the, that, that, that same mindset. And really when you dig deep to the root, it, again, it just goes back to unresolved trauma. Uh, when I think about talking to my former self, um, I was heavily broken, heavily rejected. Um, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be heard. Even when I didn't need to be heard, I had deep-seated mommy issues, deep-seated daddy issues. So, you know, bringing all of this into a marriage is a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And and when you think about when you think about being in a marriage and you can't can't nobody tell you nothing, oh honey, oh sir, yeah, that that is a, a very very bad starting point because you're always going to be in conflict. You, you yeah. if, if nobody can't tell you nothing, you always can't, you always gonna be in conflict. They can't give you advice on some things that need to be done in the house. They can't give you advice on some things that they might be noticing yeah. as you come together. Because when you come together as man and wife, you are coming together as one, but that is difficult. When yeah. you think about two adults coming together who have two different sets of viewpoints, no matter how much you, you love each other, because let me tell you something, love without submission is not enough if you do not submit you're going to have trouble so as i enter into this thing you couldn't tell me nothing yeah. my, my husband couldn't tell me nothing and, and i didn't even and, and there was even some things in in that in that space where he was giving me feedback on that i needed to hear but not only could he, he couldn't tell me nothing but i was so um you know how you have somebody and stuff that's go right over the head. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't even in a space where I could hear or understand what he was trying to say to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would caution the women who, um, who really aren't, you know, who say to themselves, Oh, I'm just this way. Oh, you're going to be just this way. Divorce single. You're going to be there. And, and, and I don't care if you're married for five years, 10 years, at some point is going to become an issue. You know, if you are a woman who talks down to your man, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I'm going to keep it 100, you calling him a nigga, you calling him yeah. um, a stupid. B, stupid, mm -hmm. dummy. You need to reevaluate yourself because mm -hmm. your, your significant other is supposed to be the, the, the priest, like the priest. And for some of y'all, you need to look up what a priest is of your home. That's he's supposed to be the leader of your home. You know, you, you why talk to your man like that? Yeah. And, and I hate to say it, but is no, I don't hate to say it. Let me because we're here. It's very prevalent in the African American community. Yeah. Um, and in a way in which we even interact with each other, we don't speak to each other in love. Um, so even if, if that's you who you talking to your, your man any type of way, or if you're a man and you talking to your to your woman any type of way, you need to really evaluate why that's taking place. Yeah, yeah. Because if, even if you can't speak from a place of um respect, mm -hmm. you really, really might to be need to take a second thought about whether or not you need to be married. And let's even explore the danger of that. And I'm going to be very, very, very 
honest and dig into the root today, right? Because that's what we do. And my husband and I have been married for 11 years. Next year, it'll be 12. And I'll be honest, this topic is me. I did mm-hmm. not know how to be a wife. Yeah. And, and, and very early on in our marriage, and, you know, I, I'm grateful that we've come leaps and bounds and it's, it's so much different now. But it, it's that, like we talked about, it's a journey. And it took a journey for us to get where we are today. And I... Um, did not know how to be a wife early on in my marriage. Yeah. You know, submission was a whole cuss word. You cussing at me if you telling me to be quiet yeah. and submit because I very much was like, oh, I need you, but I don't want, I, you know, I want you, but I don't need you, yeah. which is crazy thinking for somebody that you're, you're saying is your spouse. And I had control issues. So, you know, it, it, when I wanted it how I wanted it and you had to tell me how you was going to do it and, you know, all of these things when I just needed to submit. But let me tell you, anybody that's watching or listening to this the danger of not submitting properly and let me be clear so uh, your submission does not uh, uh minimize your ability to to lead but you are not the leader the other piece of this is that um let's talk about what lack of submission from the lens of a wife does to your husband because i did this to my husband you know i wanted the control i wanted the final say i wanted the final answer to the point where i took the power of my husband's voice almost away from him in a sense you know i'm i i and I, i'm speaking from me not this is not his words but and you know i look back on some of the things that i did the control that i had the things that i said and i literally would undermine mind any decision that he wanted to make because I thought my way is best and danger to any of you who do this because you you run the risk of almost snatching his power away or his ability to make decisions and have that leadership ability as the the leader of your house because you have so much to say about what you think should happen and don't get me wrong that you know this is not control and manipulation form but there is a partnership so yes you will have a say but your say is not the say and when you have taken a a spouse to be the leader of your house you can have that level of partnership but he has the final say and I found myself in some way saying he would make a decision and I would completely undermine it and be like, oh, no, 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 we're going to do it this way. So, you know, we do that, especially as black women, let's put it on the table. We will do that and then get mad when they don't make said decision. Yeah. Well, you didn't have so much to say and gave this man a lecture for 30 to 45 minutes about what it is you thought was the right way to do it. That What, what are they going to waste words for? Yeah. What are they really talking about if yes. you have already made the decision for them? You, ta- you literally take the ability for them to lead away from them because you think you have the right answer. And even if your answer is right, you're still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to piggyback off of that. I just going back to how you speak to him. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I spoke disrespectfully to my ex-husband, but as I, after I was divorced and was in a relationship, I definitely did so to um, my boyfriend at the time. And the words that I used was very inflammatory. It was very much emasculating and just um, drawn off of what you were saying about not allowing them to leave and, and literally taking away that power. Um, we do that. And how yeah. we speak to how we speak to a person. So it's it's literally very, very important. And it, it is so um prevalent. And I and, and you know, I, I don't even want to say that it's just prevalent just in the black community. I, I definitely see it a lot in the black community. But you know, again, looking at the root, I can tell you myself. I came from a very, very strong woman, a very strong woman who, you know, taught me 
she she had to raise it by herself. So, um, you know, what she knew was that you don't need a man to do nothing. And she didn't feel like you need a man to do nothing because she didn't she didn't have a man <laughs> to do it. So that's that was um instilled in me as um, you know, from a very, very young age, just not needing a man, not not submitting, um, and, and being able to do all these things on my own. And I can tell you one thing, um, in the dating phase and the marry phase, it's 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 going to be a recipe for a disaster. Cause let me tell you, boo boo. <laughs> the independent life, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I was taught the opposite. Can somebody else to do it. For me, it was my father that was like, uh-huh. you don't need a man <clears throat> for nothing. You get your education. You make your own money. Yes. You do it for yourself, yourself, yourself. And when you hear that for so many years of your life, I was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I got this. And I didn't really know. And, you know, my, my mother definitely submitted to my father in many ways. But it never, because my father was that voice of reason, that little voice in the back of my head telling me to get it for myself. Yeah. I, I could not piece together, like, you can get it for your, get it for your family, not just yourself. Yeah. And still be submissive to your husband because, you know, I was like, oh, I got to control this. This is what we doing. Like, yeah. this is it. You know, not realizing that you now have a spouse. What are you, what are you doing? You're going to crush your marriage, you know, or, or, or the ability to have one just by the way I wanted things done. Because yeah. it was my way. It was my way. And you got something to say. Oh, I said it's my way. Yeah. You know, and in hindsight, it's like, wow, I'm surprised he ain't divorced me. You yeah. know, off the, just off of the things that, you know, I would do back then that would literally, cr- it has the ability to crush their egos. Yeah. It has the ability to silence them in situations where they need to be the voice of yeah. reason and let's talk to the single ladies and the ladies that might be engaged or on you know that are on this path you know you know it's very very important to learn this early on so that you don't have the problems in your relationship later yeah. you know it's very important to learn to know early on that if this is the man that you're saying is going to be your future spouse is your spouse fiance whatever you you know it's important to understand that you taking the back the back seat, and when I say back seat, it's just coming into agreement with his leadership style and what it is that he says. It doesn't make you less than. Yeah. Somehow we've equated this to mean that, well, if he has the final say, my voice doesn't matter. Yeah. Who told you that? Yeah. Who told you that? You know, a lot of the decisions, especially now that I've grown and matured in my marriage, a lot of the decisions is a, is a discussion. Hey, babe, you know, this is a situation that we have to decide on. You know, what are your thoughts? Well, I was thinking this. And he's like, all right, well, let's 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 hash it out. Let's talk about it. Let's dialogue about it. And we have these very healthy conversations. And then my husband says, well, babe, you know, we're going to do it this way. And I just say, OK. Yeah. And he, he never just because he's made the decision doesn't mean that he's devalued my input. Yeah. You know, we would talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes, I literally earlier, got it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Yeah, we, we, we were talking about the Proverbs 31 woman earlier. And this one was an entrepreneur. Yep. This per, this woman, you know, did all did so many Wise. things. And the Bible talks about that her children rise up and call her blessed. Yeah. You know, it, it you know it, it goes into, and when Kawana reads it, you, you'll have it in your hearing. But in no way, shape, or form did it ever say that this woman degraded her husband, devalue her husband, yes. talk bad about her husband. She was about her business. She had this strength and this virtue about her that made her the Proverbs 31 yes. woman that she was. However, and nowhere in that scripture does it say that she that she um, emasculated her husband. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read from the um, NIV version and the title is uh, The Wife of Noble Character. 
So it's Proverbs 31 and 10 for anyone who wants to read um, after read during or after our podcast. But it says a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings some good, not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from her farm. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the, the staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Listen, y'all. It's, it's yo, it's it's so much. I'm getting like I literally got chills uh -huh. because read. Can you just do me a favor real uh -huh. fast and read the read the last uh, the last verse. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So and and even 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 to that last part of the scripture, at no point are you less than honorable yeah, it's for, for because you know her children and her husband rise up to call her blessed yeah. which means that you are not devalued or discredited or counted out because yeah. your husband makes the final decision yeah. you know and I think that you know in today's world you know the reason part of the reason why we are the way we are in terms of us women is because somehow we've equated their leadership to me that we're, we're, we're not able to lead. Yeah. But as you see, you know, this woman was an entrepreneur. She was a business owner. She was, you know, she was, um, you know, she was, you know, so many, so many different things within that context that, it, 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 being a wife didn't take away from those things. Yeah. She could still be who she is because outside of being a wife, there are still so many things that we are, that we do, titles we carry, you know, businesses we carry, all of those things. But somehow we've equated the fact that we're on the journey to be a wife to mean that we don't have a voice or yeah. the value. And that's not true. Yeah. No, that's not true. But at the end of the day, if you are becoming a wife, you un the wisdom in the room says you're smart enough to not be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Yes, and that's wisdom. That that truly is wisdom. And when I think about it, I think one other thing that we, that we need to address when it comes to submission is, you know, women when they are in a leadership role or they're making more money than their Oof. than their significant other, and that they're less than because you're, they're making more because you are making more money than them. And let me tell you, let me be honest, I was there. Yeah, I was there, and um, 
it wasn't necessarily with my ex-husband, but with my boyfriend at the time. I literally looked down at him. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm the breadwinner in this house. Mm-hmm. Like, what you do? You got your little job that contribute. But and I really had this braggadocious, prideful perspective about the roles in our relationship. And that is also a space where you are emasculating. Yeah. You are emasculating your, your significant other. And it has nothing to do with them being less of a man because mm-hmm. we're going to dispel that right right there. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It has everything to do with they love you and they're trying to stick with you, but you're behind. Yeah. And in, in the midst of them trying to stick with you because they love you, it, it bolds this toxic relationship and they start to get emasculated because I'm, I'm trying to love this, this person. I mean, it's likened to abuse really is abuse because and, and people don't don't really understand um the power of words the word says that life and death is in the power of the tongue you really are um speaking death over your significant other when you were putting them down in this way but let me tell you honey the lord will humble you like <laughs> he right, because the reality is the truest level of not only submission but also respect and honor yeah. for your husband is that you are, cause I've been there, you know, me and my husband have almost taken turns at one point of our marriage yeah. being the breadwinner, but the fullest sign of surrender, submission, sub- surrender to the father, submission and honor to your husband is being the breadwinner quote unquote, meaning yeah. that you make more than your spouse, or you might even be the, the, the one that has the job. Maybe your spouse doesn't have a job at the time. The, the greatest form of honor you could ever do to your or ever um, show rather to your spouse is to bring the funds you bring that you bring in yeah. to your husband, your spouse, and you allow him to lead in the finance department, knowing that you made the money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's y'all's. And that's the other thing, too. When you come into a covenant, because that is that is what you're coming into, you have to, you, the, the word says you come as one. So, um, you know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's my money. Oh, is it? You know, it's my this and it's my that. But you have to change your perspective. If you go into a marriage thinking that, you know, this is my own and this is my own and this is my own. And yes, there's going to be some aspects like uh, my sister was just talking about. You still want to have your own things going on and things like that, which you are assigned to uh, my my leaders were talking about this the other day. You know, what we are assigned to as as husband and wife is going to differ. The people who we are called to is going to be different. However, there are some things that collectively need to come together in order for a household to run. And if you already have the mindset that you're going to be separate, well, boo-boo, how are you going to be one? Yeah. How are you going to be one? Yeah. And, and and that is, you know, I see a lot of women too who, you know, the man is coming into the house or they might um, coming from, they might decide to come from two cars, one car, and then they don't, then, you know, the one person who has the, the asset, you know, whatever it is, the house, the car, whatever, doesn't want to share. Like you can't, you can't be that way. And I remember, and this is, you know, this is was not in my marriage, but it was um, when I was in relation. And, and this is before. Listen, no judgment um, is what it is. I'm shaking up. You know, we put it out there. But I can tell you that once he came, it was like he was invading my space, you know, and I really was not prepared to share my space with anyone. 
So I would say for anyone who is looking to to be married, if you're in that, that space of singleness, just allow the Lord to process you. Um, you know, getting past all of the traumas, all of the, um, you know, perverted um, perspective that you might have. Uh, being in a place where, you know, if you're selfish, <laughs> giving, uh, putting you in a place where you're selfless, you know, allowing, if you're prideful, allowing God to humble you or reveal to you the things that are unlike him so that you can be productive in that, in that relationship. Because let me tell you something, um, if those things are not dealt with, you're just going to bring them into the relationship and you probably a hundred percent will see the same cycles repeat again. The other thing I will, I would say is you have to understand long suffering mm-hmm. because I'm um, in a marriage. There are some one of those storms that you had the weather, you know, uh, my sister here was just talking about a lot of people think about the wedding and a ring. And, and I see a lot of people in that is the, the thing. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do with the marriage? And then when, you know, and, and, and God forbid any of these things happen, you know, if someone gets sick or if someone loses a job or um, if the children start acting up, how are you going to get through it if you ain't got no prayer life? You know, if your, your husband is going through it about something, how are you going to cover him if you don't know how to intercede on his behalf? And, um, you know, my sister even talked about, you know, the husband making the decision. And we're not perfect. Sometimes you might make a decision that's not in the best interest of our, our household. But however, you still can submit. And then you go to the father to pray on the behalf of your husband. And, and that's the way that's done. And I was saying, uh, when I look at my marriage, it was devoid of prayer. And the only time I prayed to God when it came to my marriage, and, it, you know, this was some years ago. And the only time that I prayed was um, when we were separated. And at that point, um, if I hadn't been praying, if I hadn't been praying what I should have been praying, we probably would have never got married. You know, I agree. So I think that, you know, in the journey to becoming a wife, the foundation is key. And I think that, you know, starting kind of where we were, um, you know, though that introspection yeah. is, is, is so, so critical because you'll do better in those years with your yeah. spouse and in the long run, if that introspection is there, because there's so many things you need to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, what's the purpose? Yeah. What are you adding to him and what is he adding to you? Yeah. What's the motive? Yeah. You know, can you, you know, can you sustain in the hard moments? Yeah. You know, there are going to be hard moments in a marriage. Yeah. You know, there's going to be hard moments in your relationships. If you can't withstand this, the small drops, the storm is going to take you out. Yeah. You know, for, you know, for example, money. Yeah. Do you want a financee or do you want a fiance? Listen, here, you better tell them. You, you know, there are going to be times where, like I said, and we've shared, we've been the breadwinners. Yeah. And I've made the mistake of making my husband feel less than. Huh. Let yeah. me be honest. This is what we going to do. <laughs> I got married at 22 or three, y'all. So I had a whole lot to learn. Yeah. However, you know, do you want to finance? See, because I, you know, what burns my gears these days is these, these, the, when we get into the singles topics. I'm gonna try to make it, you know, keep it he, at the wife dumb. Yeah. But I'm sick of these lists. Yeah. I'm sick of the list yeah. because you're creating something that is really just a, is just a, a falsity anyway. Yes. But does, you know, be careful that you are not entering into these, into these situationships and relationships and, you know, whatever. Unprepared. 
in your journey as a wife and you get caught up in these these things that really don't matter in the end yeah. the finances and he has to look this way you know it has to be this way because nine times out of ten this little issue guy he ain't coming that way yeah he's not coming that way so i think it's you know understanding the foundational is very important understanding integrity yeah in the relationship is equally as important do yourself the favor pretty girls right now keep your family keep your friends out of your relationship yes. keep them out with gold one of the biggest mistakes i made as a wife full-on transparency is not keeping things between me and my husband yeah you know, um, and while I might have been doing it with the intention of wise counsel, it wasn't wise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the things that, you, you know, go on in your household, you know, needs to be worked out between you and your husband before you ever take it to somebody else. Uh, under no sh way, shape or form should you ever man bash to your girlfriends and yeah. stuff get rough. So sometimes you might be going for wise counsel and I'm not discrediting that. But if it starts out with this man and this nigga, you know, there in in and your friends don't check you. Hey, good new friends. Watch episode one, the cost and process of friendship. <laughs> but on top of that, understand that the words you put out, you cannot get back. Yeah. So now if I'm talking to you, you got the skewed perception of my man. And when he doing right, I'm coming back. And you're like, well, girl, he ain't nothing. I'm like, what you say? Yeah. But it was my words that started that to begin with, because in a moment where I should have made it right with my spouse, I decided to man bash. Yeah. And that's not okay. Yeah. Not only do you do devalue your relationship, but you're also devaluing him. You're devaluing devaluing you in the process. Keep keep it between y'all, especially in a marriage. It's such a sacred thing. It should be no reason, you know. And we make mistakes. I'm not bashing none of us because I've been there, you know. And, and there's no judgments on this platform because I've done it. Yeah. However hindsight is such is, is so clear and it's so 2020 you know there are certain things i wouldn't have said there's yeah. certain things I, I wish i could take back like i said my husband has suffered long because we, we we could be divorced but god you know yeah. especially with the way that i acted so just considering you know consider both sides consider the part that you're playing because it's not always them it ain't always them sometimes it's our responses yeah it's our control. It's all of these things that, you know, that we create, that create the hardship in our marriages. And we want to point the finger, point the finger, point the finger and say like, oh, well, they started it. Even if they started it, yeah. the fact that you responded to what was initiated makes you equally as wrong. Yeah. And, you know, if you can't, if you don't have the ability to suffer long, if you don't have the ability to be patient, if you don't have the ability to recognize that neither one of you are perfect, like you talked about earlier, and that mistakes are going to happen, and that relationships and marriages transition over time. So the person you met at day one is not going to be the person that you know at day 60. And you have to be able to roll with the punches that if you can't reconsider if you're ready. Yeah. Because here's the thing, we ain't dating for with dinners. We're not dating for... Uh, trips to ice cream. Yeah. We ain't dating for Starbucks. The intentionality behind dating is to is to determine is this person worth your time for the long haul to be a husband, to be a spouse. You know, and and so these things matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a lot of putting my family into situations in my marriage when we were together, and ultimately, what it comes down to is is being founded. If you don't have a conversation, an intimate relationship with the Lord, where you can have those conversations with him and say, Lord, this happened. Because sometimes 
you it might be so heated with your husband that you can't even have that conversation with him or it's not wise for you to have that conversation where yeah. you need to even seek counsel from the lord before you even have that conversation and again it just goes back to a firm foundation and just just being able to have that dialogue back and forth with the lord i can tell you in my season of singleness at this point the lord is definitely teaching me that lesson you know some things is not for public consumption you know, even when it comes to our relationship, we were very, very close. But there were things that she had to take straight to the Lord. There are things that I had to take straight to the Lord. And we understand that, right? Uh, we are all working on our own soul salvation, right? And then when it comes to um, her relationship with her husband, there were times she put me on mute real quick. Why didn't have that conversation? That's respectful, mm -hmm. right? I don't need to, I don't need to know all their business. Um, and she is she stewards. Her relationship with her marriage because I, I don't need to be involved in it and that's and that's what everyone across the board needs to do because it's not your girlfriend's business it's not your mama business it's not your daddy business it's not nobody business even having conversations about your husband in front of your kids yeah it's that's that's inappropriate yeah you know, and um, even there are even some people now who are not in a relationship and you have these tendencies to gossip and backbite and all those things. All those need to be taken care of because it, all those things are just going to bleed right into the marriage. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it's, it's very, very important um, that you remain integral. Like yeah. it's, it's some things in, you know, in your journey to wifehood, there's a level of maturity that you know when to say something yeah. and when to hush. And when you got to be quiet. Ooh, and when that to holy hush. hush. Yes. That, that silent pause will save you thousands of dollars in couples counseling. It'll save you nights of going to bed, not speaking. Yeah. It'll save you to misunderstanding and miscommunication if you just take those pauses. Yeah. And that's in any stage of the relationship. Maybe you're not married yet, but you're in this journey and you guys are talking marriage and you're work, you know, you're you're working through towards that place. Yeah. Like you save a lot of time later on if you learn these things now. Yeah. Because, you know you don't want to create a situation where the marriage doesn't work or, you know, anything like that when you can learn from these things now. Like, you know, take our our lessons and our hardships, you know, just as, as nuggets towards, you know, even strengthening your current relationships or maybe you're single and you are, um, you know, you're dating, just trying to decide, you know, are you ready for this? You know, the, you know, in your readiness or in your, in your grace to be ready, consider these things so that when you're having these conversations and you're trying to decide if these men are worth your time, you have already stepped <coughs> in the door as a wife, Excuse you me. know, that first coffee date, that first restaurant date, that first, whatever your first hour is. you say ice cream date? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that first outing, you are not showing up as a girlfriend. Understand your mindset starts from that moment you say, yes, we're going to dinner at seven yes. that, or that first hello or that first how are you? You are showing up in the wifedom. Yes. And you know, us, this just came to mind as I was sitting here is, is being overcritical. And um, because I was dealing with self um, um, insecurity with myself, I was so overly critical to the point where, oh, two things. Um, love languages. I want to come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, understanding that, but I was so overly critical and the Bible and Proverbs, um, and I'm, and I'm not saying it verbatim, but it talks, it talks about, um, a quarrelsome woman. I think it says in some versions, um, like a, a man with rather 
live on a roof than deal with a quarrelsome woman or a nagging woman, right? And some, some of us nag and complain and can't see the light about anything. And then we want to pick apart everything that we say, you know? Um, and the Lord really showed me this about myself through some of the people who were in my circle. And it's like, you cannot think even, even um, in that, um, a man might, it might be okay for the first few years of your relationship, but it's definitely not something that's going to fly when you are continually jabbing at somebody's personalities, how they do things, you know, X, Y, Z. And again, it just goes back to being processed. You know, the one thing that it might seem like it's a simple thing to understand, but that people don't think the same way. Mm-hmm. People don't do things the same way. Just because um, X, Y, Z, D, Z did something different than how you did it, don't mean it's the wrong way, yeah. you know? Um, and if it was the wrong way, what you need to do? What we talking about? You need to be praying, right? And, and even in these, in these times where um, you might, might think that there might be some conflict before said thing needs to be done, make sure you 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 you, you lubricate that situation with prayer, that you're praying about it before the, the situation even takes place. So I would caution anyone who is hypercritical, right? And if you are hypercritical, to dig to the root of, of where that hypocriticalness, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, comes from. The second thing I would say is it comes to um, understanding how somebody wants, not only wants to be loved or needs to be loved, right, or, but also how they love you, right? Because I think that we go into relationships thinking, well, this is what I like, this is how it's going to take place. And one of the huge things, huge mistakes that I made was one, I had no idea um, anything about love languages, you know, that, that, that there was a difference, like, and y'all might be like, girl, but yeah, girl, I didn't know. So when it came to how I was being loved, I could not identify that this was his way of showing me that he loves me because I could not identify it with, with, with different ways. And it's really, really important. Even when I think about my relationship with my children, my son has different needs than my daughter. And I realized very early on when I was trying to love them in a blanket way that it that it, that it was not working. And it's the same way when it comes to relationships. It's the same that way when it comes to uh, being in a marriage. Even when you think about your friends, if you have different friends, your interactions with them, the way you love them is going to be different. And it's no different when it comes to to being in a relationship. So I would even um, in your in your strategic prayer ask the Lord, you know, how does my husband like to be loved? You know, what does he like? Because um, the Lord will, will prep you for these things so that once you walk into that thing, you are prepared. Sorry, y'all. I'm so congested. <laughs> no, it's fine. We, listen, we both struggling today, but it's, we gonna we gonna get through it. Yeah. Um, I I equally echo the ask them. Yeah. Ask them. Ask them. Yes. You know, I I feel like sometimes we sometimes in relationships we overcomplicate things. Yeah. When there could be a level of clarity if you just ask the right questions. Yeah. You know, and not from a judgmental standpoint, not from you know you know, any, 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 uh, point of contention, but there were certain things I I learned just by asking the questions, no assumptions. It wasn't about what I wanted, but literally I would just ask the right questions and found myself getting the answers because it was an open line of communication. And I think that as it pertains to love languages, my love language has shifted. So one love language in one season is not going to be the same love language in the next season. You know, I like gifts. 
I love gifts. I was about to say. I, I'm a girly girl. But I and I, I love and, and not just any gift. You can't, you know, you can't just go and get me whatever. Like that's that's not that. But meaningful gifts, meaning that you've taken the time to listen to what it is I yeah. liked. And then and you don't have to go get that exact thing. But if you're in the neighborhood, if you're in yeah. the aisle, you know, that that is meaningful to me because it shows me that you listen and you're attentive to the things that I enjoy, you know, and I'm still very much that way. Um, but you know, in this season of my life, words of affirmation are so much more meaningful yes. than the previous, um, stages of my life. Whereas, you know, I didn't need the, oh, you got this. Cause I know I had it, yeah. but part of, you know, my growth process and the transition process over the years has looked like sometimes though I, I, I'm a natural born leader and all of those qualities, sometimes I just need the reminder, like you got this, yeah. you know? So I think that, you know, even if we, we would resolve a lot of other arguments and disagreements if we kind of had these check-ins with each other and this can happen at any stage in your relationship if you're dating if you're a fiance if you're married you know you've been married five years 10 years 15 years you know I think that it's equally as important to have these check-ins to kind of gauge the 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 thermostat in your relationship where are we you know what are our goals what are our short-term goals yeah. what are our long-term goals and i ain't talking about steve harvey i'm talking about <laughs> that literal intentional conversation where you assess where you are assess assess the strengths of the two of you individually that you bring as a collective in a relationship and really have those hard conversations knowing that you're not bashing each other yeah. there's no there's no you know, putting a finger, but you're mutually growing together. And that's how you sustain a marriage. It's more than just, you know, sex. Let's call it out. Like it's more than just sex. It's more than just, you know, the intimacy part um, in that way. But there's a level of intimacy in a marriage where you can literally finish each other's sentences. Yeah. There's a level in relationships where you know. Intimacy. When, Right. You, yeah. you you know when that person is going to tick if you say something the wrong way. But it comes with, you know, truly knowing your spouse and knowing you. Yeah. No, you know, knowing you. It starts with knowing you. You can't know your spouse if you don't know you. Yeah. Uh, I would piggyback off of that and to say that that you had to be in a space where you can receive love. Um, this 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 not necessarily dealing with um being a wife, but I remember my daughter has said something to me and she said, um, you know, she 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 just really wanted to spend time with me. And I was and it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, my daughter really likes me. <laughs> and she she just she just wants to love on her mother, you know. And um, even when it comes to receiving gifts and receiving compliments and receiving praise, it's uncomfortable for me. Um, and I had to really delve deep to why that space is uncomfortable. Because if you're in a space where you can't even receive the love. How you gonna identify when it when it's when it's trying to permeate you? And really, again, it just all goes back to your relationship with God. You know, that's where I'm always gonna point it back to you because that that is my my process. So when you understand um, how the Father loves you and how His love permeates you, then it primes you for the love that you can receive, and not even just from your spouse. But your friends, I mean, I mean, me, shit, I have these conversations all the time. Your friends, uh, your, you know, whoever, you'll be able to receive what uh, people are trying to try to give you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, the, the next place I want to go to is understanding that you have to hear, hear, 
I want to ask our fellow pretty girls a question. Anybody that's watching, are you really ready to be a wife? Yeah, listen. listen. Are you really ready to be a <laughs> wife? Because let's let's go there for a second. Are you? We didn't know how to be wives at various stages in our um, our relationships, and then the dynamics of past marriages, marriages, you know, relationships. Yeah. But are you ready to be a wife? Yeah. Have yeah. you addressed the trauma the trauma triggers? Yeah. Because if you're coming in with trauma, baby, sit down. Yeah. I'm going to just tell you now, sit down. Because if you haven't addressed the trauma triggers before your journey into wifehood and marriage, understand this, those triggers are going to be tried Yes. in a marriage. Yes. Yes. You know what's so interesting? <coughs> Excuse me, guys. <coughs> I laughed because I was having um, a mentorship conversation with my mentor, spiritual mother, and my leader. <laughs> and she, um, she, we were talking about dating because I, I think that, you know, as you journey towards wife them, or even if you are a wife, it's good to have a mentor, you know, um, or someone who is a role model who has success, successfully navigated the winds of marriage. But anyway, um, I was talking to her, and we were talking about dating. <laughs> so she asked me that very question so lovingly. She said, do you think you're ready to date? You know, some of y'all ain't even ready, you know, let alone be a wife. Honey, you're not even, you're not even ready to date. And I don't say that, you know, in jest or say that to condemn, but just consider that if you are not healed in the places that you need to be healed, as my sister would just talk about the trauma, the pain, uh, you potentially could 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 hurt some, um, somebody's son, mm -hmm. and let me tell you, I don't play with the Lord's sons. Okay, I don't ever, I don't ever want somebody to be hurt in my hand. And I think again, it just goes back to introspect. Am I ready to go through this process? Um, the other reason why it was funny, I was talking to um, someone who was potentially interested in dating me, and something transpired. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. <coughs> Some things transpired that were triggering to me. You know, I'm talking about it, it brought me back to a place, um, you know, of past relationships. But um, what I did was I decided I'm not going to ghost him. You know, I'm going to tell him what, why this upset me and, and go from there. You know, even if it doesn't mean that we're going to progress forward in a relationship, but at least he'll know. Mm -hmm. And I and I think even um, just going back to, you know, relationship, um, it, relationship with your husband and wife, relationship with your significant other as you progress toward um uh, a, a covenant relationship, if that's God's will for that relationship, y'all, we got to grow up. Cause ghosting people is so corny. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we why don't we communicate and tell people, um, you know, why something happened? Because a lot of times, like I've seen so many people, literally, and, I, and I'm going on a tangent here, but stay with me for a second. So go go go. So with it. so many people, they have they have an issue, right? And I like to say nose blind. They're completely nose blind to it. They don't know that it's something that they're actually doing. Like, and I think a lot of times we don't give people the benefit of the doubt. We don't yeah. give them no grace. We just we just write them off. Like we gotta stop writing people off, and we gotta start, you know, being um, bold enough to give them the feedback. You know, I didn't like this because you because <laughs> you always want to take me out on ice cream date. <laughs> Y'all don't <laughs> ain't nobody listen, there is nothing wrong with a little ice cream date. Shout out to Taylor, it's an insider, but there's nothing wrong with the ice cream date. Yes, don't let Kawana fool you. I'm, 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 I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm <laughs> messing. 
But um, tell them why you were upset. There's a lot of people, and then a lot of people hold it in. Now, now you angry, and then, and even if it triggered you, right? Sometimes it's stuff that that happened that that really legitimately legitimately points to and not that night being the person to you for you, right? But at least have the conversation because misunderstandings will take place. You know, I know of a beautiful kingdom couple. That as they were journeying toward marriage, there were a lot of obstacles that came along across the way. And you have to, you know, again, what does the enemy do? Try to still kill or destroy, try to break division. And if it's a kingdom covenant, you better believe that there's some obstacles that are going to come that way. So, but if you can't communicate, how are you going to come together? And and, and I was about to talk about obedience, but I'm I'm just gonna stop right there. Listen, no, that's that 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 holds so much truth. You know, two weeks before, you know, our marriage has been under attack for years. You know, that that's no secret. It's no secret at all. You know, you know, we have definitely um, progressed through much. You yeah. know, we've been through much. You know, for those of us that have known us, the duration of our marriage, the attacks happened two weeks before I said I do. Uh-huh. I was ready to call the whole thing off. Yeah. <laughs> Legit, sister Steph, no. However, you know, when you consider that this marriage isn't for show, yeah. it's not for pomp and circumstance, not it's not to... Put you know it's not to walk around like this like it's it's none of that. When I understood the assignments behind my marriage, yeah. there were you know I, I couldn't abort the mission prematurely. Yeah. Um. You know so you know it's very important to understand that you're gonna go through things. You're going to face challenges, especially as you're navigating life in the different forms because the, the person that you marry, you know, y'all start off one way and then you'll incorporate kids and yeah. pets and jobs yeah. and life and school and, you know, endeavors. Things change over time. But this is the importance of understanding and, and, and having the level of understanding from the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning, yeah. from the from the very, you know, and and really just understanding that, you know, you're in it for the long run, you're in it for the long haul, and you got you got to stick it out. Sometimes it's gonna be knuck if you buck in there. But understand obedience, submission, all the things that we talked about go hand in hand. There's times when he be like, I, I said we're gonna do this, and that's it. Yeah. And I gotta say, okay, babe, irregardless of how I feel about it, irregardless of how it happens, irregardless. And it, don't be looking at me like that because it's, it's hard out here. It's yeah. hard, but you got to do it. Like you got to do it. And you know, there we've been married, like I said, eleven years, and there's nothing that I would trade, um, you know, in at all because each phase of our life has prepared us for the next stage. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm grateful for it all, but it starts with understanding that you don't show up on your wedding day and get this crown on your head that calls you a wife. Yeah, um, I want to piggyback off of that. And I really want to challenge all of our pretty girls out there to evaluate your why behind getting married. Mm-hmm. Is it, again, going back to what Mikhail said earlier about just having a pretty wedding? Is it about having an Instagram um, photo-ready relationship? Is it about just just um, going on date nights or to fulfill some spaces that really need to be healed by the Lord. Um, I can tell you in my case, um, I was having difficulties when I, when I started to, to, to journey into, you know, the idea of getting married again. First of all, people kept telling me I want to get married. And I was like, wait a minute, but I don't want to get married right now. But as I, as I did start to want to get married, um, it really was, cultivated around 
my troubles with being a single mother. And not to say that um, some of those things will be relieved when you come into covenant, as, as I go into covenant with my future husband. However, uh, wanting a bona fide <laughs> babysitter uh, is not the reason to get married. So even as you, even as I and as you are in your preparation to progress toward that relationship, right? Uh, just continue to evaluate your why, because again, as Nakaya spoke about, your your relationship ain't, ain't just for y'all; it's for the people that your marriage is called to. Yeah. Your marriage could be breaking generational cur uh, curses. You, we are meant to be kingdom shakers and darkness, uh, kingdom of darkness, the disruptors, right? So. It can't just be about fulfilling the selfish, fulfilling our selfish needs, rather, uh, because it's so much, much greater than that. Um, and, and that is why our litmus test has to be: Is he a man of valor? Does he uphold the standards that the that the Bible says that a husband should be? Am I a virtuous woman? You know that that should be our litmus test of. Uh, where we should be before we go into a marriage, because you know, I would venture to say if your husband don't even know God, um, you are probably in some deep trouble there. And I'm not saying, and I'm not Ooh, saying, we're about to go there, we're about to go yeah. there, we're about to and, go there. And I'm not, and I'm not saying because I know some of us may might be called to bring their husband to the Lord, right? Um, but that's that's definitely a conversation that you had to have with the Lord, right? Um, and that's what I think it comes down to. Um, uh, because if you are graced to do that, then that's your grace, you know. Um, but for others, it's going to be a man of God, it's going to be someone who um, you know, is a man after after God's heart, you know. And you know, ultimately that that should be the litmus test. Is is what the Bible says a man should be. You know, he's certainly not, not gonna be no man that's beating on you, hitting on you, abusing you, or nothing like that. Um, and and I'm sure my sister over here is about to say that you might bring him to Christ, but you know, even if it's a man of God, it don't mean that he gotta pray like you pray. That he got to worship like you you worship that doesn't negate the relationship that um he has with God because I see that happen with a lot of people is that um it's troublesome for them because you know for some reason we may get levels when it comes to our relationship with God. Agree, agree. I I, I equally think that you know I I, I feel like I, I'm 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 there's certain things I'm not gonna say in this podcast. I feel like we're going in a rabbit hole. We're gonna be here for eight hours, but I, I do think that. <laughs> You know the baseline to all of this is is that you know I you know I'm very much a conduit of therapy. You know y'all probably don't know too much about that aspect on this platform, or maybe you hear it. But if these are things that you're like, oh my goodness, I don't after this, I don't know if I even want to do it. Um, you know, I would say you know let you begin to work out those issues in therapy because yeah. if you're you know let's let's dispel this right now that. Being a wife is a phenomenal thing. Yes. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. And while we are talking about the hardships, you know, the purpose of this was talking about the hardships of not knowing how to be a wife. You know, being a wife is a very, very beautiful thing. It is an honor and a privilege to stand beside someone and be a wife. But if you are not ready... Let's take the steps to get ready. Yeah. You know, your, your steps could be recognizing that you got some, some things you need to work out, you know, in therapy and prayer, you know, how, however you begin to take that journey. Our point is to take the journey. Yeah. 
to take the journey. You know, if, if this is something that you're interested in, you're in, you want to do, you're thinking about it, let's start having these uncomfortable conversations now. Yeah. You know, enough of the, you, you know, just the, the surface level, you got to be submissive, you got to be obedient, you got to be, you got to be your wife, 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 you know. While those are important, and I'm not discrediting that, to dig past that is to really take a look at, you know, what areas do I need to be, um, you know, the best version of myself. However, yeah. I get there, I need to be the best version of myself so that when my husband com comes, there is nothing broken, nothing missing, and I'm well equipped and I'm well prepared for what it is that I'm asking for because. You're doing yourself in your relationship and him <laughs> a disservice <laughs> if you're ill-equipped. Yes. If you if you show up on the outside as a wife and internally you're still battling things that you have not let go of. Yeah. You know, so you know, we don't want to discredit the idea that, you know, this is this is a, such a hard thing. It has its challenges, yeah. but overall it's a beautiful thing, but you need to be prepared for it to be beautiful. You know, you need to be. Um, thinking about the kind of wife that you are supposed to be to the spouse that is uniquely designed for yeah. you. Yeah. You know, uniquely designed for you. And uh, understand, we're not perfect. We are not robotic. That You know, we're, we're going to make mistakes. And we're not saying that, you know, that's a bad thing. We've all made mistakes. You heard aspects of our testimony where we got it wrong. But we're sharing with you just for, just so that if you find yourself in those spaces, you can like, you know what? Let me do something different because I, I, I know I don't want to do that way. And that that is the that is the point of this episode is to to show you that you know it has its hardships. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah. most days it ain't pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't pretty. You can't dress it up, but it can be a beautiful thing if you prepare. Yeah. It's the same thing as if you were in school and preparing for a test. Well, a studious person would open up the book read it, study to apply the material. It's the same thing in, you know, in, in your journey to wifehood. You're going to make those mistakes. You're going to learn from those mistakes. You're going to adapt from those mistakes and you're going to move forward to be a better version of yourself. But without that introspection, without the wise counsel, without the level of maturation and the process of being mature, without all of those things, you can't say you're fully equipped for what it is that you're asking for. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is, it's the weight on God's timing allow, you know, just going back to going through the process, don't decide that your process should be a year and you know with it. You know, it don't matter if it takes 10 years. The tools that you gain during, the, during that process is not only going to um, benefit you when it comes to your marriage, but your destiny in this fullness, right? And a lot of times, you know, men and women will go try to go before God and, you know, get 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 weary in, in the process and try to put their hands in who their mate should be, right? Like just just wait, just wait on him. And you know, child, let me tell y'all, this is a lesson that I have to learn the hard the hard way. And one scripture that the Lord gave to me for encouragement, it says, um, uh, though it tarry, wait for it. It will not tar tarry. It will surely come. It will surely come. And at some point when the Lord ordains, it will come to pass and it will be beautiful. When, when the Lord has something for us, it's going to surpass everything we could, we could imagine it could, it, it could be, there are going to be things on your list, which 
you know, even when my sister talks about the list earlier, um, our determination determination literally deters us from from what God is willing over our life, and we want to be in God's perfect will. So, you know, just 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 allow God to do His thing. Take your hands out of it. Just be still and, and just allow Him to take you to through the process. Yeah, I think my final remarks would be, you know. We talked about me and my husband talked about this the other night, and we would talk about faith being an action word. Um, and you can't say you want to do something without putting the work behind it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just an idea and it never comes off the ground, right? So it's the same thing in your journey to being a wife. You know, you in your journeys or in your in your in your time of thinking about the kind of wife that you want to be, wake up and start being that. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know, it's every, every day it's going to be that decision to wake up and to put, and to and to be that wife even when there's no husband yeah. or no indication of one coming. Yeah. You know, or maybe you you are that wife and you're thinking, "Well, wow, I need to make a couple changes." Start making them now. Even yeah. if you don't recognize them, start making them now, you know, because if you're saying you want this, you know, it's equally as important to put the work behind it. Put the work behind it and you will see if you're in a marriage where maybe we hit some pressure points because maybe you, you, you're you doing things in a different way and you want to make those changes. Start doing them now. Start doing them now. And it's OK if they don't see it right away, because remember, you taking years. It took you years to cultivate where you are. It may take years for them to recognize that you're making those changes. Yeah. Be patient. There's no race. There's no rush. We are not in a rush. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with them because it's a process. But it's a yeah. fulfilling one if you walk it out the right way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Whew. We made it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> yes. We made it through season one. Yeah. Of Pretty Girl Be Hill. You know, we we did we took some time earlier um before we filmed to reflect. And you know, I'm definitely having a moment of gratitude for seven episodes. Um, a moment of reflection that we have really covered a lot of topics and we see your feedback. We see um, you know, the the shares and the likes and the comments that we've touched on. So much um, that have been going on in your lives and our lives as well, because we're walking this out right alongside you. Um, and we're just grateful to be a platform where yeah. we can grow and learn together. We are in no way, shape or form experts. We know we get it wrong. Listen, yes, listen all the time. <laughs> all the time. But we're prayer. right. But we're walking um, this out together. We're walking us out with you. And we just, you know, we hope that you are encouraged, motivated, and inspired after yes. listening to us, you know, and, and that we're growing together in this thing called life. Um, so we appreciate all the support, all the love, all the comments, the likes, the follows on all of our socials, on the lives, on YouTube, our audio learn. You know, guys, we are international. <laughs> there are people in other countries that watch little old us, and we don't take that for granted. Yes, and we really just want to take this moment to express our gratitude yeah. and just reflect and and just be very grateful for season one yeah. um I, i'm grateful for every episode for the transparency yeah. for the vulnerability and you know and all that we've done and we want to thank you guys literally from the bottom of our hearts for taking your time out to to watch little old us yes thank you <laughs> little so old us really um so it. we you know we can we uh, dj can you cue the burn 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 we are so, so, so grateful to close out this 
season with you guys. Stay tuned for season two. The uh, flyer will drop a few weeks before we come back. We're going to take this break, uh, some rest, enjoy yes. the holidays, rest, have a pretty girl Christmas and a pretty girl New Year. Yes. Um, and many, uh, however, whatever you celebrate, you know, just enjoy. Um, and we will see you guys after our hiatus. And until then, bye, bye pretty, pretty girls. girls.